I am excited because I really believe that the Lord has given me a word for you this morning. It was, it was really amazing. I had a, a totally different word planned for this morning, but I believe God spoke to me very clearly. You know, sometimes you're so busy with the things of God that, you, that you're just seeking the scriptures, you're seeking the Lord, and you become sort of, you know, unintouched of what's going on around us, if that's anyway. So I, I want to just tell you this morning that I feel like, you know, really strongly that God is moving. I've told you this over and over, and even last week we had those missionaries that were sharing with us how God is moving across the planet. That's a wonderful thing, amen? Yes, you can give the Lord a clap, amen? But I also feel like you must understand that you are in a spiritual battle. And the very thing that the enemy desires is the thing that is most precious to God, which is his people. Jesus didn't die for a, for a building or a property. He died for a person. He died for you and for me. Hard to believe sometimes. I wouldn't die for me, you know, but he did. You know, would you die for you? Well, let's not even go there, okay? You know, in this world, you will face difficult things. And over the years as a Christian, I've seen so many people try and explain why things go wrong, why things don't always go right for us. And over the years as a Christian, I've seen how even ministers, not out of, out of um, malice or, or anything like that, can become so... We try and theologize everything. We try to make something, you know, we try and figure it out. And sometimes you can't figure everything out. But I know this, that it's very important for us to really search the scriptures, but not only the scriptures, we must always search the heart of God in everything. <clears throat> and we have to remember that we have not been created for this life only, but we have been created for eternity. God created you so that you would be with him forever. That is so amazing. So I wanna just get into the sermon and I believe God will begin to speak to us this morning. The first thing that I wanna say to you this morning is that, you know, Jesus, Jesus went up the Mount of Temptation. And when he went up the Mount of Temptation, he had just had a powerful encounter with the Father. He'd been baptized. The Spirit of the Lord descended upon him. It was a powerful moment. A voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You must understand that man saw this, but so did the enemy. The enemy saw that this person, this Jesus, was not an ordinary person. And so Jesus goes up the Mount of Temptation and on the Mount of Temptation, the enemy comes and has a go at him, tries to tempt him. And at the end of it all, the Bible says that the, that the enemy left him for a more opportune time or another opportune time. I'm paraphrasing, but that there would be another time that Satan would come to try and tempt Jesus. I've tried over the years to figure out when that was. 
and I think I've figured a few of them out, but I want to say this, that I don't think any of us in this room could fully comprehend in any way possible the temptations of Jesus. How the enemy would come and throw things at him to try and cause him to stumble and to fall. But we know he didn't. You know, have you ever struggled in your prayer time? If you think the enemy comes against you in your prayer time, imagine how much more he came against Jesus. Jesus had to deal with people on a daily basis. We, we don't realize, we think that there were 12 people following Jesus. There were thousands following him. There were people following him everywhere he went. Massive groups of people would come and listen to him speak. And many followed him outside of the disciples. There were many, 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 many hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands. So Jesus had to deal with different things all the time. See different things all the time. We know that in one story, we can clearly see that the enemy had a go at Jesus. And when you hear the story, oftentimes we have a tendency to think, well, it's not such a big deal, but really it is. It's a very big deal. Simon Peter has this amazing moment with Jesus, with Jesus and, and Jesus says, Who's this, you know, who do men say that I am? And, and, and finally Peter says, you are the Christ, you are the Son of God. And Jesus gets excited and says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And then he tells Peter how, you know, on this rock I will build my church. And Peter's this amazing figure in Scripture. But just a few minutes later, it seems in Scripture like it was a few minutes, maybe an hour. I don't know the timeline, but it was right after this event that Jesus tells them about what's going to happen to him. And Peter says, not so, Lord, far be it from, from me that this should happen to you. And when he does this, Jesus turns around, looks at him, points the finger at him and says, get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me, an offense to me. I don't believe that he was talking to Peter. I believe that the enemy had shown up and was having a go, was tempting Jesus. And immediately Jesus recognized this attack and went after the enemy immediately. And I don't think this is the only time, in fact, there's no question that there are other times in Scripture where we can see how the enemy attacks the Lord. Jesus was attacked. I want you to understand that as a Christian, you also are going to be attacked. You also are going to be tried and tested and you mustn't feel it's an uncommon thing or a strange thing. Things will happen to you on your journey with God and there can be many factors that influence or have been the cause of those things happening in your life. Sometimes things happen to us because of open doors. So in other words, Let's say that my house, this is my house, I have a building, this is my house, this is me, but I'm the house. Because I do something or allow, allow something in my life that isn't from God, it's like a sin or something I shouldn't be doing, that the enemy then has access to that room in my house. The house doesn't belong to the enemy, but he operates in my house because he's been given the right to be there. This is one example. Are you with me? There are others. But I want to share something with you this morning that, that I really believe is so important for us right now, especially where we are on God's timeline. The early church, it was not easy for them. The apostles went through so much and they never turned their back on God. 
It's incredible if you read the stories of how they served the Lord. If you read scripture and see what Paul went through. Paul was literally chased out of cities being stoned. They say he was beaten at one time unrecognizable, but yet he counted it all joy. He would leave those places, the Bible says, rejoicing. Can you imagine? He was crazy. If I get beaten up, I'm not praising the Lord, you know. I'm like, I'm going to kill that guy. (laughs) That's how we are. So let's take a look at what Scripture has to say about some of these things. Now remember, I'm giving you this morning a part. Not the whole, a part. But many times Christians have gone through things and then someone will turn around and say to you, it's because you have no faith. Or it's because you did this or because you did that. That's why this has happened to you. Or that's why you've experienced this issue or problem or situation. But sometimes it may not be like that at all. Let's take a look. Let's go in our Bibles together this morning. Hmm. All right, let's start here first. I want to start here and then we'll, 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 we'll take a look at that. I kind of jumped a little ahead of myself, but that's okay. This is good. Let's go to Matthew 6, verse 9. You see, Jesus taught us how to pray. And when he taught us how to pray, this prayer was very specific and very important. This is the, what, 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 what my pastor calls the royal prayer. It's the royal prayer of God. This is how Jesus taught us how to pray. And there's something that he says in this prayer that I really want you to take note of this morning. So let's read it together. And when we get to that part, I'll, I'll emphasize this. Matthew 6, 9. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Listen, I would love to preach right now on all of this, but I can't because I've got to get where I'm going. But this next part of the prayer is very interesting. I need to start by saying this. Who are we addressing when we pray this way? God. We are praying to God. Father. Father, we're praying to Him. We say to Him, Your kingdom come, Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you, please forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now watch. The next part is no exception. We are speaking to the Father. And Lord, I'm speaking to Him. Do not lead us into temptation. What does the word temptation mean in the Greek? It's peitasmos. Peitasmos. And it means to tempt to test, to trial, or to examine. And this is so powerful to me because what we're saying when we pray is we're saying, Lord, don't lead us into temptation. In other words, don't let us get to a situation where we are tested, where we are tried, or where we are examined. Now, the agent that does the testing, the trying, and the examining The the Bible tells us who it is in the next part of the verse. But deliver us from the evil one. So the agent that is used to bring trials, temptations, examinations, to examine you, to see what's in you, the agent that, that does this is Satan. 
He's the one that comes with these things that we struggle with. There are different reasons sometimes why, as I explained to you, legal ground, different things where the enemy can attack us. But I want you to see that Jesus instructs us that this is how we should pray. Listen, guys, this verse, this verse here, you should pray every single day over yourself, over your family, over your loved ones. You should ask the Father. We should ask the Father. I should ask the Father. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Why, Lord? Because yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Lord, you are the one who holds the balance in your hands. Life and death, you are the giver and the taker. There is none besides you, God. You you determine my destiny, you determine my future, you determine how I will live forever. So Lord, lead me not. Don't let me get into a situation where the enemy is going to attack me, where the enemy is going to try me or test me. Are you with me? And in Scripture, we see a few examples where this happens. There are not many examples of where, where the enemy has has an opportunity to attack someone. But there are a few examples and we want to, I want to show them to you this morning. Is that okay? Let's go to Job 1, verse number 6. Job 1, verse number 6. Most of you know the story of Job, but you'll get a little refresher this morning. Job 1, 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. The sons of God is actually more than likely angels. Satan was a fallen angel. We know that he came before the Lord. We know that he comes before the Lord accusing the brethren. We know that he does this. Are you with me? And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. I often think that, you know, that for some reason, the Lord didn't give us the full dialogue here. I'm not necessarily right about this, but I'm imagining that there was some more conversation that took place because the next sentence is very interesting. Take a look at what it says. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? So I'm imagining that that Satan is saying, listen, God, have a look at the earth. You know, there's no one that's really following you, that's committed to you, that's serving you. This is, again, this is a hypothetical. This could be, this could not necessarily be. But Jesus, I mean, God goes ahead and he says, listen, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. In other words, this man, Job, my hand is on him. He is faithful. He's a servant of the Most High God. He shuns evil. He doesn't do anything evil. He's a good man. Have you considered him, Satan? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him? Everybody look at me. So Satan says, listen, God, of course he follows you. You've placed a hedge around him. I want you to understand that God has placed a hedge around his people. 
There is a hedge around you and the enemy cannot touch you. Oh, that's good news. That's really good news. He says there's a hedge around him. There's a hedge around him, God. And his household and around all that he has on every side. In other words, listen, the protection because of who he is and how he serves the Lord, the protection, the provision extends not only to himself, but even his household. Very powerful, extremely powerful. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. So Satan says to God, listen, you know, anyone would serve you if they were being blessed like that. How about you take away some stuff from him? How about we see what's really in him? Let's, let's measure him. Let's examine him. Let's see what's really there. Are you with me, guys? Now watch God. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, oh, oh, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay hand on his person. In other words, you can have everything, but don't touch him. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So Satan is very happy with what's about to happen. He leaves the presence of God and is about to go down to the earth. God is saying, listen, you can, you can do whatever you want to him, but I believe I will show you that he is going to continue to serve me. Are you with me? Because what is it that Satan is saying, listen, you know, yes, he'll serve you when it's all going well, when everything is good, but take some of that away from him and then we'll see if he continues to serve, him, serve you. So God says, okay, listen, you can take whatever you want, but leave him alone. So Satan thinks, here we go. And so what happens is, I'm not going to read it to you, but what happens is, essentially, is that everything gets taken from him. His sheep, his camels, and as one story or one individual comes and tells him what's taken place in his house, another one comes at the same moment. So imagine when you have a bad thing happen, and while you're hearing about the bad thing, another bad thing happens, and while you're hearing about that bad thing, another bad thing happens, eventually someone comes to him and says, listen, all your kids, they're dead. Your whole household has been wiped out. Everything has been taken from you. Everything has been destroyed, Job. This is what happens. So the enemy goes out and he has, he has a go at Job. Listen, guys, this is a unique story. You don't read about this very often in Scripture, okay? Are you with me? But just hang with me this morning. How does Job respond? Let's go to Job 1.20. This is literally the immediate response of Job after he hears the final thing, which is about his children. Job 1.20. Then Job arose tore his robe, I totally get it, and shaved his head and fell to the ground and did what? He worshipped. If something like this happened to you, I need to ask you the question this morning, would you worship? Tear the robe, I get it, I'll do that too. But would you be able to stand strong when something hectic like this happens and you've been faithful? You've been upright. 
You have served the Lord and shunned the evil. Are you with me, guys? The Bible says, watch what he says. Verse 21, and the Lord said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Who is the agent that did this to Job? This was not God's work. All God did was lift a hedge. Are you with me? Because there was, a, there was a testing, there was a temptation, there was a trial that was about to come his way to see what was in him. And his response is outstanding, one I think many of us would not do. And I, I, I can't even say whether I would or I wouldn't until I'm in that position. I, I can't tell you. I, I believe I would respond well. I, I pray with all my heart that I would. But the response here is outstanding. You have to understand that sometimes things don't always go right. And if you're going to sit there and say, well, I know the answer. It's because of this or it's because of that. The story isn't over yet. Are you with me? But I don't want to talk about Job anymore. Let's move from Job to the New Testament. Are you guys okay? I know this is different, but this is important this morning. Man, God spoke to me with this. It's very important that you understand what I'm about to tell you. God knows you. And God loves you so much. But we have a tendency to always think earthly bound. We don't think eternally. Paul warns us about this. He tells us we, we need to stop thinking about the things of this earth and we need to start thinking about the things that are up there, spiritual things. We need to change our minds. But unfortunately, we live in this body and we live on this earth and we have that mindset. Are you with me? It's natural, so don't feel too bad that you feel this way. It's normal. But look at what scriptures say, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. The first thing you need to know is that what you will experience on this earth, there are others that have experienced it. You are not the only one. This is not an exclusive thing for Christians only. And some other Christians have also experienced more than likely what you have. The Lord Jesus Christ was crucified a long time ago, guys. There have been many Christians that have come and gone and many that have been through so much to carry the message of truth so that we could be living in luxury in the United States of America, in the Western world, in the Western culture right now. I'm grateful for every martyr, for every servant that carried the word, for every person that hit the scriptures. I'm grateful for them. Are you with me? But it didn't go well for all of them all the time. It didn't always work out and they didn't necessarily do anything wrong for them to face some of the things that they had to. It's not always going to go well. It's disturbing to hear preachers say, and I don't think it's out of, out of malice or, 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 or malicious in any way. I really believe that it's just that they don't realize. But when you get saved, there's no guarantee it's going to go wonderful. 
Yes, it's going to go wonderful from the point of view is that every challenge and every trial, Jesus is with you. My daughter had a dream years ago. I need to share this dream. I pray with all my heart this never happens to her. But she had this dream that she was about to be executed for her faith. And she woke up in the morning and she was weeping when she told me the story. I'll never forget it. And she said to me, Dad, they were about to, they were about to execute me, behead me. She said, but Dad, the peace that I had, I can't explain it to you. I wasn't afraid at all. I wasn't afraid at all for what was about to take place. And I'm thinking to myself, God Almighty, please, Lord, let this never happen to my child or to anyone that I love. But the way that she expressed her, 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 her heart and her feeling and, and, and what was going on at that moment was so incredible. You must understand that that peace that she's talking about, that she experienced in that dream, is a peace that some, sometimes you might need that peace when something happens in your life that is un, un, unimaginable or you don't understand why. Instead of turning around and pointing a finger to God and saying, you did this to me, God. I'm not going to serve you anymore. Rather embrace that peace even though we don't understand you must understand there is a bigger picture Paul was struggling he was struggling to stay on earth he had such an amazing relationship with God that he said, listen, he said, you know, I, you know, I have to stay here and, and, and teach you, but I also want to go up to be with the Lord. I don't know which is more important. He got it. He understood it. I'm not saying for one minute when something goes wrong in your life that it's, that it's good. It's not good. It's awful. But that doesn't mean that we should at that moment turn away from God, that we should blame God. When something goes wrong in a believer's life, too many Christians turn away from the Lord just like that and blame Him for doing it. When there's many factors, some we don't always understand. Are you guys okay? Let's go deeper. Let's go to Luke chapter 22, verse 29. Everybody look at me before we read this. I want to give you the backstory. This is one of the most remarkable parts of Scripture. Because Jesus spends this evening with his disciples before he gets crucified. He's, he's with them in the upper room. They're having dinner together. They're having a supper together. And at this supper, he shares many things with them. What's really important for you as a biblical scholar is that you read all the accounts of this dinner. Because there are parts missing from Luke that are in John and, and, and the other way around. You need to read the whole story to get the full picture because there are things that took place in that room. There are things that took place outside of that room that we need to know. But let me give you one part of the story that I really believe will help many of you, that I really believe will help you from things that you've experienced in the past and possibly things that you'll have to face in the future. Now watch this. Luke twenty-two twenty-nine. Jesus is with his disciples. And I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed upon one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table 
in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That sounds amazing. So the disciples are sitting with him. He's going to get taken away. You must understand that it's now the end. This is it. It's just a few hours really. And Jesus is going to be crucified or be taken away to be crucified. So he says to them, listen, you guys are going to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. These are special individuals. These are individuals that, that went out and did the work of the ministry with Jesus, lay hands on the sick and they recovered. These are people that Jesus had handpicked to be his disciples. What you must recognize and realize is that you too have been handpicked. You too have been chosen. You too have been selected for such a time as this. And there's so many good things that God has installed for you on this life, in this life, and in the next. And he's giving them a picture of what is to come in, in, in the future. There's a whole lot of stuff that has to happen between what he's saying to them now and that event that they will one day fulfill in heaven. Jesus is giving them a picture of their eternity. You have an eternity too. And the Lord said, now watch this, the, the mood changes just like this. Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. The first thing you need to understand about this passage, this verse, is that it can be misleading in one way. That the word you there in the original language is plural. So when Satan is asking for you. He's not asking for Peter only. He's asking for all the disciples. He's saying, listen, Satan has asked for you because he wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to examine you. He wants to see what is in you. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Sounds very similar to what happened to Job. In other words, listen, Satan has gone before who? Before the Father and asked to sift you guys. He's going to sift you. He's going to sift you. Peter, he's going to sift you guys. He's going to sift all of you. Now watch what Jesus says. But I have prayed for you, singular. Now he's talking to Peter. I'm, he's addressing Peter. Listen, Peter, Satan's asked. He's going to sift all of you. He wants to sift you all. But I prayed for you, Peter. I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. So what is the sifting for? Why is the sifting going to take place? It's going to take place because we need to see. The enemy wants to see if Peter's going to give up if the disciples are going to give up and turn away from him when they get sifted. Are you guys with me? Do you understand? We know that because he's literally telling us that your faith, I've prayed for you, so that in the process of sifting, your faith, Peter, will not fail. Now watch what he says. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. The context is perfect. In other words, listen, Peter, Satan has come. He's asked to sift all of you guys. He says, but I've prayed for you that your faith, Peter, will not fail. 
He says, and when you return, why will you return? Because he's gonna deny Jesus three times, we know that. He says, when you return, I want you to strengthen your brethren. I want you to strengthen the guys because they're gonna struggle with what's about to take place. This sifting will cause their faith to waver. This thing that's about to happen, this temptation, this trial, this, this situation that's about to take place is going to cause them to waver. But you, Peter, when you return to me, he's telling him, you're gonna fail, Peter. But when you come back, I want you to strengthen the guys. Do you guys get it? Are you with me? You guys have never been so quiet. Why is it that they're important? Why should the enemy desire to sift them? He wants to sift them because they are his people. They are God's people. They are agents of faith. They've been used by the Lord. Are you with me? I don't want to get into this, but I need to say this real quick. I really don't want to do this because it just opens up another whole story, but I just got to do it. That's why, guys, the call of God is a wonderful thing. Being used by the Lord is a wonderful thing. But be cautious because you must be ready for it. When you step into any platform or any opportunity where God begins to use you, there will always be testings that will come afterwards. There will be siftings that will come afterwards. Will you be able to stand? Will you be able to stand when they come? That's why, that's why Timothy said, do not appoint a novice to ministry. They won't be able to handle it. They won't be able to handle the tests, the trials, the temptations, the challenges that will come afterwards. They won't make it. They haven't developed yet. They're not ready for it. These disciples had been used by Jesus and a great testing was coming. Satan was not happy with the work that Jesus was doing. He was not happy with what was going on with the disciples. So he went to the Lord and said, listen, we've got to do something about this. I think it's time that we see what's in these guys. And so Jesus says, it's coming. But don't worry, because I've prayed for you. Now watch, it gets better. Are you ready? <laughs> So after Jesus has spoken, Peter immediately responds, like so many of us do. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. How many of us? Lord, I'll do anything. I'll serve you, Lord. Take everything from me. Lord, you can do whatever you need to. I want to serve you. I love you. I'll be faithful to you. And the first thing comes along and we turn our backs on God. The first thing that shook the, the church, the world, just a couple of years ago was COVID. Do you know how many churches have closed down because people have not yet returned to church? There was a little bit of a shaking that took place in the body of Christ. Where are all the Christians? What happened to them? If you think that's the last shaking that's coming, you are mistaken. There are shakings that are coming and you didn't do anything wrong. But you will be tested and you will be tried and the question is what will you do in that hour of temptation?
We know the story. Three times, three times Peter denies. But Jesus, not only does Jesus tell him that he's gonna be sifted, but he's about to tell him exactly how, watch. He says, but, verse 33, but he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, He's about to tell Peter what the sifting is. He's actually about to tell him how it's going to happen. I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times. Three times you will deny that you know me. That's why he said, listen, when you return, when you return, because he knew he would return. You see, it's not necessarily that you failed. That's the, when you fail, if you fall short, if you have a hang up, if something goes wrong, sometimes our response is not good. The question is, are you still pursuing him? Or did you blame him and turn away from him? Are you still going after God? Are you still going to be like Job and worship him even in the midst of the temptation, the trial, the testing, the examination, whatever it is that the enemy has been been authorized to, to bring? What's amazing about this story is that most people don't realize that that's not the only one who was tested. That same night, that same evening, Jesus said these words. Let's go to John 14, 27. I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. Guys, we don't get it. We don't get it. They wanted him. But the greater good, there was a greater purpose. There was more to the story. Things happen in our lives we don't always understand, but there is a greater purpose. That's why even when things go wrong, God will turn it around. Eventually it will be turned around for the good, always. How can this be good, Pastor Alex? It's not good, it's not good at all, but eventually God will use it for His glory. That's how awesome he really is. He says, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Unbelievable. Now watch. I will no longer talk much with you, for the rule of this world is coming. Watch this. He's coming to who? No. He's coming to Jesus. To do what? To see what's in him. To test him. To try him. And look at what Jesus says. And he has nothing in me. 
He has nothing in me. I know what I have to do. I know the price that needs to be paid. And let me ask you a question. How guilty was Jesus of any of the crimes he was, he was convicted of? Zero. Did he deserve to be punished for sin or for lack of faith or anything like that? No. But he chose to say, listen, the enemy's gonna come and he's gonna bring stuff, but I know what I have to do. Not my will, Father, but your will be done. And Jesus goes to the cross willingly, is tortured, is beaten, is, is whipped, is crucified, is stabbed. It's unimaginable what takes place to him. And he is not guilty of any crime. But there's a greater purpose. And if it wasn't for what he did, none of us would have any life or purpose or anything. Are you with me, guys? Peter and the disciples, we know that they come back. They serve the Lord with all of their heart. Do you know that every one of them is martyred? When Peter is faced with death, he asks them to please crucify him upside down because he's not worthy to be crucified the way Jesus was, but he was willing to go to that cross. He didn't say, no, I don't want to do this. And it's easy to say because as I said, until you go through it, you will never know. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you have been chosen. You have been chosen by God to fulfill his purposes and his plans. And in your journey, it's not always gonna go well. And when it doesn't go well, will you stand strong? Will you remain faithful? Peter understood this fully. So he writes this, take a look at this. Let's go in our Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter something. <laughs> 1 Peter 5. Watch what he says. He got it. He understood it. Be, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The destruction is not, the destruction is not necessarily death. The destruction is, will you turn your back on God? Will you stop serving him? Will you stop following him when the enemy comes in like a flood? What will you do? He tells us in verse number nine, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. No matter what happens, I know you guys don't like this, but this is so important right now. This is so important. Are you really a Christian? Are you really following Jesus? Are you really willing to pick up your cross? 
Listen, our God is so good. He blesses, he, he gives us favor, He prospers us, He takes care of us, He's our protector. I trust Him fully with my family. I know he's, my family's in His hands. But listen, if one day something goes wrong in any area of my life, I cannot stop serving Him because it went wrong and blame Him because He's not the one who does it. But I must understand that there is a greater purpose for everything. And no matter what, I will not stop serving Him. No matter what. Jesus said this just before he returns to, he to heaven. These things, John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. You will not have it anywhere else. In the world you will have tribulation. Things will happen, guys. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And because he has overcome the world, it doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter how wrong it goes. It doesn't matter if it's one incident after another. Don't let them tell you it's because you sinned. Don't let them tell you it's because of your lack of faith. Maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. All I can tell you is in that hour of temptation or trial or whatever it is, stand firm, stand strong, be bold, worship God, and He will get you through it. He will get you through it. Come on, somebody give the Lord a clap. Somebody give the Lord a clap. Amen. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as I've ministered this word that you gave me, Lord, I pray, God, that it would be a strength to those that have suffered with sickness or loss or been through things, God, where they did everything right, but something went wrong. But Lord, if they're in this place or they're listening online, they're still following you. They're still serving you, God. So I pray, God, this morning, like you told Peter to strengthen the brethren, that this word this morning will bring life to you and strengthen you. That you will know that he is for you and not against you. That you will be with him for eternity and your reward will be great. Look at how Jesus says to them, in one breath, you're going to be with me in heaven and you're going to judge the tribes of Israel. In the very next breath, he says, but I want you to know you're about to be tested. You're about to be sifted. But I've prayed for you, Peter. Strengthen your brethren. Lord, let this word this morning strengthen this church. Lord, let it strengthen us, Father, because we know who you are. You are the God of all creation. I choose to follow you with my whole heart. I trust you, God. I trust you, Lord. We, as a church, we trust you, God. 
We trust you with our families. We trust you with our businesses. We trust you with our lives, Lord. We trust you. We follow you, not because of all the things you do for us all the time, but because of who you are. And we love you so much, Lord. We love you so much, Jesus. I pray, God, that this word will give people strength when they're going through difficult times. I pray, God, that this word this morning will encourage every single one of us for all the days of our lives, and we will hold on. And Lord, let us be like Job was in that day where he chose to worship you, God. I am not afraid of the devil. There is only one whom I honor. There is only one that holds it all in his hands, and that's you, God. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for life and life more abundant. I don't want to ever be without your hand on my life, God. These things, your word says, happens to our brothers in the world, but they don't have you, God. They don't have you, Lord. We have you, our comforter, our deliverer, our healer, our protector. We have you. And I'm so grateful this morning. So grateful, Jesus. So grateful, Father. So grateful, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've come here this morning, today I have preached to you a message. This is what it's all about, guys. It's not always easy. But with Jesus, you will have life no matter what you go through. So if you've come here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to ask you don't wait. You don't understand how important it is right now. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, Pastor Alex, today I want to give my heart to Jesus, quickly slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Don't be afraid. Just slip your hand up and I'll pray for you. If you say, today's the day I want to give my heart to the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me. Include me in this prayer this morning. Thank you. God bless you. If you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, I used to follow Jesus, but I've lost my way. Stuff happened and I've lost my way. I've stopped putting my faith in Him. I, I want to I serve Him this morning. I want to come back to Him this morning. I want to rededicate my life to Him. Today, I want to serve Him with my whole heart. If that's you, raise your hand. I'll include you in this prayer. Don't be afraid. God bless you. God bless you in the back. Thank you. Last call for any one of those two things. If that's you, just raise your hand and I'll include you. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you so much. God bless you over there in the back. God bless you. Thank you. Also, I want to just say to those of you watching online, if, if, this, if this is for you, I want you just to write in the comments. Just let us know that you are in, so we can include you in the prayer this morning. We want to include you if you're watching online. Listen, if you raised your hand, I want you to stand. Don't be afraid. Quickly stand. Be bold. Take a stand this morning. God bless you. God bless you. 
Come on, there were more of you. Stand up. Don't be afraid, guys. This is your moment. That's it. God bless you. Can I ask you if you're standing, come to the front. Come to me quickly. Come, young man. Come, come. Come, you guys. Come. Come, ma'am. Come. Come. I'm waiting for you. Come. Don't sit down. Come, come. That's it. Come. Come, young lady. That's it. Come. That's it. Just stand over here. Thank you so much. That's it. Come, young man. Come. Come on. Let's give them a round of applause. Amen. You are so welcome here. You are so welcome. This is the beginning of a new day for you. This is the beginning of a, of, of a, of a new start. This is the gospel. This is what it is. And he loves, Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much. It's a new beginning for you. And I can see the Lord is touching you. Young man, what an important decision that you've made. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. Your life will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same. A lot of things were taken from you. A lot of things have been taken from you. But today you understand. And it's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. Young men, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Are you guys married? Are you together? Okay. God bless you. God bless you. Is this your little one? So beautiful. Grace, what a name. What a name. God bless you, Grace. These are your parents, right? And look at what God is doing, Grace. Look at what He's doing. Amen. Church, we're going to pray a prayer with them. Guys, we're going to pray a prayer, but I want to ask you this morning to pray this prayer from your heart. Pray it like you mean it. And your life, your journey begins with God. Like I said earlier on, I'm not promising you a rose garden, but it will never be the same again. And God is so faithful. He's so good. There are times I've been through stuff where I've walked into my prayer room and I've cried out to God in in pain, in hurt. And the only time I've ever, ever been comforted is by Him in that moment. Didn't make the moment necessarily easy, but that peace that came was just unbelievable. So I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father, pray it loud, guys. Father, I come to you this morning. Today, I give my life to you. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me for my sins. Make me new. Make me whole. Write my name in your book of life. I am yours, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to just pray for you real quick. Father, I pray that this is the beginning of a new day for this family, Lord, for this young man, Father. Bless him, strengthen him all the days of his life that he serve you, Father, this lady, Father, that she has come back to you, Lord, like, like never before this morning, God, in the name of Jesus, this man, this precious man, this precious young boy, Lord, that has given his heart to you this morning, and these two precious ladies, Lord, I pray your blessing and your hand over them in the name of Jesus. I command the darkness to go 
In Jesus' name, you will enter into light and freedom and depression gone in the name of Jesus right now. And I give you thanks for it. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. Guys, if you take a look to your left over there, there's Pastor Brian. We just want to bless you and, and meet you. There's someone behind you that wants to just, just pray with you and give you some information. Just follow him out. Church, let's give them a big God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just go with them. You're, you're, you're fine. Don't worry. God bless you. God bless you guys. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. What's your name? Brianna. Brianna. Thank you. Bless you. Amen. Come on, guys. Let's give the Lord a clap. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you. Father, we love you. We love you, God. You have saved us. We will be with you forever. Help us to see and understand, God. Help us in our difficult times, in our times where we hurt, Lord. I know your word says you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. And so this morning in this place, with, with hearts that are full, we, we, we lift our hands and our hearts towards you, God, and say thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for going all the way to the cross, Lord. Thank you for saving us. Now I pray that our gra the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you all as you go this week. Go in his peace, in the joy of the Lord, and that his love flood you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week.